This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. And today, I truly do, I know I say it sometimes, but I truly do have somebody special that really affected my life in even the creation of this damn podcast in the first place. Um, I probably wouldn't have ever done this podcast if it wasn't for this man that I have on the call today because he inspired me to do this podcast. I've been on one podcast my entire life and it was his. <laughs> That's it. So Philip, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here and taking the time out of your crazy day to be here. Man, it is an absolute humbling discovery what you said today. And I'm so happy to be here. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I always like to say that I'm really horrible at introducing people, which I am actually. <laughs> um, and over in the strategic advisor board, our thing is the superpowers. So um, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about you and what yeah. your soup, what your superpower is. Right on. Uh, my name is Philip Lanos. You can look me up. Uh, you'll probably find a bit of musical artist history in my Google search because at for at one point I wanted to be a musician, but all those skills carried over into stepping into the podcast world, which you've got to be a front man, right? You have to understand audio editing technology. So it all started to go in in conjunction with my digital marketing background. And uh, at one point when I was given a big opportunity to get a raise uh, with this agency, the marketing agency, I realized I had never taken a chance on myself. So, you know, you fast forward a while, I obviously turned them down very gently because they're still in my life today, thankfully. And uh, I started this journey of podcasting in 2015, 14, 2015, 2014. And yeah, that changed the SEO that you look up when you Google me. And uh, over time, I started Own the Rhythm, which was helping people with personal branding and podcast launching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. And, you know, the, the one thing I absolutely loved and we talked, what we talked before the show is what I loved about you, your and I's podcast that we did together was, uh, and I hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way, but it was extremely unorganized. Right? Yeah. And I love it. Uh, but, but to me, that's the best conversation you're ever going to have is yeah. something that's completely unorganized. It's on the freaking fly, right? You know, and I call it riffing it. <laughs> yes. You just riff it, right? It's music. Like, it is music. And you're going to get the best, the very best of someone's self from that. So, um, you know, and, and segueing into that, right? I mean, before the podcast, we talked about uh, some different discussion points and things like that. And what's, you know, what's on your mind? What's yeah. on your, what's on your brain? Uh, a lot lately, man. Uh, you know, I had recently 
gone over to uh, contract with this company called Tiger Hall, which is focused on uh, connecting with enterprise clients, mm-hmm. uh, sort of enterprise level B2B. Uh, and they create education, learning, sort of like LMS, I think is the closest thing you can mm. use to understand it. And they have an internal podcast, right? So there's a paywall behind actually accessing their content, but all of it is geared towards upskilling because they believe that all these e-learning platforms have done is taken the same structure that universities have and threw it online and changed nothing about the actual learning process. So for me, that was pretty interesting. And I was like, hey, I'd love to be a part of that. So Mm. I ended up having to, I ended up having to step away uh, from what I was doing with Entrepreneur Magazine, which is how you and I met. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I didn't do it happily. I just couldn't, at the time, see how I would do both. So mm-hmm. I ended up having a conversation about, uh, about this with my mentor, Cal Fussman, who is like podcast extraordinaire, contemporary to James Altucher, Esquire Magazine journalist for years and beyond, uh, friends with mm-hmm. Larry the King, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, so I had I have all these resources in my life and I'm making it work. But I got to say, I really do miss speaking to startups because uh, now that I'm moving into the enterprise space, it's not the same. They, uh, they're, they can't create new things. They're worried about their reputation a little too much. And so it's an area of growth for me, for sure. And that's the thing about life, right? I'm not afraid of a challenge, but boy, it's like oil and water. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, it's almost like you get used to this more free flowing world, right? Yeah. And then now you get stuck in this very structured, you know, got to climb the ladder part, right? Yeah. God, don't, don't take a right. Damn it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Up the ladder. Right. Yes. So it's like, so that takes some getting used to, right. And yeah, you know, I mean, how have you found dealing with that thus far? It's definitely been a learning experience uh, mm-hmm. to remind myself that they brought me on for one thing and not another. Because the minute I got in, the way I think, I'm like, oh, there are some operational things that could use some improvement. We should focus on that in order to make everyone's jobs easier. And right. they're like, yeah, we kind of already have a system. I wanted to respond. You really don't. But it was in that moment when I realized, hey, you didn't get brought on as a COO, regardless of whether or not there's validity to what you're about to say. Mm. It doesn't matter because what they want to hear from you is, oh, I have an interview prepared or, hey, here's the update on the interview I did. And that's that, which is really hard to do when you've spent so much time consulting people on filling in those holes and those gaps that prevent their brand or their message or their efforts from actually being seen heard, felt, experienced, you know? Yeah, right, right. Well, uh, oddly enough, this is a good question because you've like got your finger on the pulse across all these different platforms, all these different companies that you've talked to, you know, I'm curious, like in your mind, right? How have you, how do you view brand in today's call it whatever you want, post-pandemic world, whatever. Um, how do you see that's all shifted, right? Since, because um, you were doing podcasts before it, yeah. then into it, and now still doing it. And 
I'm just curious what, how you saw that progression from your, from your chair, yeah. right? Uh, there, as with anything, there are people who are doing it right. And people who are mm-hmm. doing it wrong, nothing new there. Right mm-hmm. now where things might've changed post pandemic is there are more people than ever before now actually trying to be active online on in particular with uh, networks like LinkedIn. In fact, because of the way things have been, there are now these younger generations that are starting careers on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Not <laughs> let me bring all of my experience into LinkedIn and see what the network holds. No, it's the opposite. So there are opportunities for education, internships, outreach that are being untapped from people who don't have a footprint. So how you find them, the only way to do that is to actually have a strong personal brand. And what I mean by strong personal brand is not have a viral personal brand. Those are two totally different things. And virality is not something within people's control, but articulating a clear message, knowing who you're for and who you're not for, that's totally in your control. And people are still getting it wrong, trying to hit uh, with a bucket of paint against the wall and see whether or not a masterpiece appears. Whereas what it really needs is a canvas and a paintbrush to clearly articulate what you're trying to get across, you know? Yeah. No, no. Well, and I think a mistake I see a lot of young entrepreneurs making, right, is they're going fishing with nets, right? Yeah. Instead of a fishing pole. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So it's like, know who you're going to serve and serve that niche. Right. Yes. And don't cast the wide net. There's plenty of fish in the small fish. Absolutely. Pool, right. So it's, but I think we all kind of struggle with that though. Sometimes it's like, who do you serve? Well, we we're agnostic, right. <laughs> right. Because I consider the strategic advisor board, I consider it an agnostic company. We are, we can work with anybody. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, our, our model is very, you know, it's about the mechanics, not necessarily about the widget. Right. Wow. So, so it's, uh, it, it's, you can cast a wide net, but do you, right. So it's like, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I know a lot of young business owners that I talk to, they do. They cast a very wide net all the time, and it's a struggle. I've made errors in the past uh, when I in that middle of that journey before I got to own the rhythm. I thought of starting a company called Tech Nephew, right? Hmm. And Tech Nephew was going to help uh, people who aren't necessarily tech savvy hmm. uh, bridge that gap, right? Through my, just me, like my time and my presence. Uh, getting like team viewer or now zoom does it as well control of their screen and helping them walk through the roadblocks. And uh, what I didn't realize is while, yeah, I successfully found a way to be uh, Mm self-employed. There were a lot of caveats there, right? Number one, I didn't really think through the audience who they are and whether or not I actually intended to serve them. Right. And whether I enjoyed it or not, which is going to be the defining factor in any self-employment choice you got to enjoy what you do. Otherwise you're happy. You'd be better off just getting a job. Like truly there is no way you can be self-employed and hate what you do. It will kill you. Your soul will die. And so while I don't mind being able to help people who aren't tech savvy, get across to where they need to be, whether it's 
Where are my passwords stored? I know they're saved in my browser somewhere because some websites have it, some don't. (laughs) Do you see the X up at the top? Okay, now go down. There's file right there. Now scroll, you know, like, and it's tedious. And sometimes there's moments of like, oh, wow, I really helped them out, you know? But uh, then it it bleeds into everything else, very similar to the difference between a $50 an hour client and a $500 an hour client. One of them bleeds you dry. The other one's like, (laughs) as long as you get the result done, you have no problems with me. So that was really a a personal error on my behalf, trying to position myself in a market and going after them without really thinking things through. And I paid for it, not only in time, but money, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, and I mean, to me, money's a thing, right? The one you can replace money, you can replace cars, you can replace homes, you can replace all these things, but the one thing you can't do is turn back the clock. So that hour you decide to spend somebody with somebody, you got to make it meaningful, right? Yeah. Or or at least enjoyable to have a conversation with cuz I mean you and I have I have conversations with people every day. 10 10 conversations a day sometimes, right? And and it's taxing sometimes, right? Cuz it's like you know, I spent a good chunk of my career. Uh, I taught at the academy in the military, and that's what you did. You stood at the podium and you taught class all day, you know, leadership and this and that <laughs> and the other, and, you know, how to be a good leader, you know, and you're a dirtbag if you do this or that or whatever, right? And it's taxing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks the life right, right, right out of you. And I, I'm sure, you know, doing all the podcasts for entrepreneur like you did, that had to be just three or four of them a day. Yeah, it was yeah, sometimes just, sometimes it was tough because you have to switch just, gears and learn about a whole right, new business immediately right. right after. Yeah, just kind of suck the life right out of you for sure. But yeah, I think that uh, branding is a hot topic. It is. Yeah. you know, branding and marketing and how do you put these pieces together and how do you uh, do it effectively for today's consumer, right? Or today's B2B, how do you approach B2B, right? And here's a lesson I learned in the last 30 days with the marketplace. The marketplace is very loud. It's very noisy, you know, you go on LinkedIn and it's just chaos. I mean, every two seconds, it's pretty, 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 right? Constant, right? So how do you filter all that? Well, my my new thing I started to do was I don't have the word no. I don't say no, ever. It's my new thing. Is somebody contacts me on LinkedIn, says, hey, I'd love to talk to you about this next great thing and product in the world. When are, are you interested in having the discussion? Yep. Book on my calendar. Right. Wow. And you know why? Cause you never know where that conversation is going to take you. 100%. No idea. You know, that could be your next best referral agent. That could be the next person that knows J- Warren Buffett or whoever. Right. So, We've gotten away from just connecting as people and having conversations, right? 
And we got so used to saying no (laughs) that we forgot to say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. Hop on there. Have a 30-minute conversation. If something comes out of it, great. If it doesn't, hopefully you just had a good conversation and it'll reciprocate back around at some point um, to where, you know, so that's my new mantra is as far as like branding and marketing and things like that. I don't say no anymore. Sucks for your calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but, you know, I think that's just bringing us back into a humanized state too. Right. Of, just coming back out of the stupidity that we've been through and hell i walk we we walked we were on a trail outside for christ's sake um so a couple weeks ago me and my wife and kids and this lady was on a trail out in the middle of the freaking mountain air with a mask on i'm not trying to offend anybody but with a mask on and walked 30 feet around us Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a little like much. You're, like you're the plague, right? And it's like, and I told her, I said, it's okay. We can still be human. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's it's something that has been lost uh, in this time for a lot of people who might be uh, borderline hypochondriac. And I, and I say that with, with love, but there, there are some people who take things to the extremes. And the only pass I give them is, there's no way for me to know what health concerns they have. They might be those super fragile people, but it's also not necessary to go to the extremity of moving 30 feet away. <laughs> when you already have the mask, you should be fine. Right, you know, right. especially when you're outdoors, yeah. science has already proven being outdoors. <laughs> it's different if you're like clumped up together, like sardines, like you're in a New York subway, you know, yeah, but that's not right. the case. You were on a hiking trail. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally understand your, your vantage point from there. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit more about own the rhythm. Tell, let's deep dive into what the own the rhythms mission is. Cause I'm curious to, and I want people to really learn about own the rhythm, what, what you do with it and, and and how you really affect people with it. Tell us a little bit more about it. Own the Rhythm is uh, something that was born after Tech Nephew, as we were talking about earlier. And mm-hmm. it was because I, when I sat down and asked myself, and this is sort of the process behind drafting a, a brand uh, or a target audience, uh, at least the way I try to get people to experience that when they work with me, is I sat down and asked myself, okay, what am I promising people? Because to serve someone, uh, there's a promise that, that, that's be, that lives behind that service. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and why should people believe that I can accomplish this was the other half of that. Right. Well, in working with people, helping them find the technology, I did have a chance or two in the middle of all that to start working with uh, organizations like EO, which I don't know if you're familiar, but they're it stands for entrepreneur organization. They've got like 167 chapters globally. And I had the chance to help launch their podcast for global for New York, for LA and Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how it just, it was cascaded. I started with one and they just, I became their podcast guy. Now, <laughs> whatever their reasoning was beyond uh, what may have been seen on the surface, it was a great opportunity for me 
to move away from what I was doing. And in, in the middle of all that, I got a chance to listen to entrepreneurs all over the world who all at minimum have a $1.2 million annual revenue in their business, mm-hmm. right? So I got a chance to listen to their woes, to listen to where their needs are, uh, to listen to their wins, to, w- to listen to their losses. And it began to occur to me, wow, these are the people that I'm inspired by to want to do something about my life with. They don't always have the story really clear. Now, what do I have other than the fact that I'm editing their episodes to help shape that? But there, I can't put words in their mouth. If they didn't say a certain part, it might be missing from the story, right? Um, what do I have on top of that that will give me believability, which is the other half of it, right? You have the promise and you have believability. Um, not necessarily authority, believability. Why should people believe that you can accomplish this? And I thought back to the fact that I've been on, you know, Telemundo, I've been on MTV, uh, I've written songs that that have paid me royalties and songwriting, oddly enough, carries with it a lot of the principles of being on brand. There, There are things like the title of a song and how every lyric has to point back to the title of the song as often as possible. Those are usually the popular songs, the mm-hmm. ones that can point back to the title, the overall theme. Who is this for? For the heartbroken. Who is this for? For the ones who want to party, right? <laughs> so given the fact that I've written tons of songs and earned royalties from that, on top of the fact that I've edited tons of episodes for that, for this audience, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And the minute I did that, the floodgates opened to the point where I realized, whoa, I don't have any structures in place. I got to change <laughs> that. You know, I wasn't ready for that. And, 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 you know, that's the law of like business growth. And to the point where I had to turn things down and to my own detriment because I wasn't ready for that. But over time, I ended up perfecting that. I came up with a way to not only present these principles, but actually promise people, hey, after working with me, whether it's the 30-day option or the 90-day option, you will have been better off closer to your value proposition, which is the one thing most people glaze over. They gloss over it. Either one of those words works here, Mm. right? And you'll have some next action steps to tap into whoever you have as resources to make sure this gets executed because I'm working usually with entrepreneurs. It's not enough to hand them a strategy. You've got to also add those next steps on who they can direct it to in their organization. That's added value, right? Because you give, an, you give an executive the strategy and they're like, great, but like, who's going to execute this? It looks like it's going to make sense. You know what I mean? And so helping them like identify going that extra mile and going, well, what does your organization currently look like? Who are the resources you have in place? You know, and helping them go that, because I used to try to also do that. But when you have multiple clients that you're trying to, when you're trying to scale, it's literally mm-hmm. impossible for me to be there all the time. Right? right. So I started either having my own resources available that I can, that I can go reach out to, but I've made it very transparent that these are external resources I'm using. However, I'm happy to help manage them as opposed to trying to do it all myself or tapping into what resources you have and helping coordinate with them. And that's mm-hmm. where on the rhythm started to really grow and live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key to, so I would, there's two different business tracks, right? You have entrepreneurs and then you have business owners. Mm-hmm. They are two very different people. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You know, 
entrepreneurs stay, it, it has nothing to do with revenue. There are entrepreneurs that make hundreds of millions of dollars every year, right? But it's a different mindset than somebody that's a CEO. Most entrepreneurs are not business owners. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know one of my mentors, he used to tell me that all the time. You're either going to be an entrepreneur or you're going to be a business owner. You got to pick one. <laughs> right? And and I think most of us are business owners and we're trapped inside, inside of an entrepreneurial mind, right? And because my parents were very entrepreneurial, more, more entrepreneurial than they were business owners, right? Because, you know, they were not good at doing books. They weren't good at running the business side of things very well, but they were really good at what they did. That's more the entrepreneurial side, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just like, I remember one of the very first companies I worked with, it was a general contracting company. Guy was great. He was awesome. He couldn't run a business for shit. But you you give him a hammer and nails and all the materials, he'd build you a house in a week, right? He was really good at that. So sometimes it's knowing who we work with, who we're working with, and then how to help them build the brand around either being an entrepreneur or a business owner. I like that. Yeah. 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 For sure. So that's such a valid point. Even I forget that sometimes, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you kind of got to make a choice at some point. But like I am, I'm corporate is like the plague to me. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. I, it, I can it, see why. It really is, why. right? Because it's this rigid structure. I dealt with it for 23 years in the military, that rigid structure. Um, and you know what you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But then when you don't have to know that anymore, it's like, oh, shit, that exists. Yeah. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're a four star general. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Big deal. You know, so uh, I mean, don't don't mean that in a disrespectful way by any means. But um, but, you know, I think we get lost in that journey sometimes. When we, corporate journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people that get stuck in that corporate machine, corporate CEOs, so on and so forth, they get lost in that journey and they just forget how to be an entrepreneur. Right. So, no, I love that. I, I remember speaking yeah. to somebody named Gary Shoniger on when I was doing the entrepreneur stuff. And he said something like, to, to be a human is to be entrepreneurial. Mm hmm. You know, and so to forget our entrepreneurial spirit is to forget our humanity in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I, and I, I remember that's what I took away from our conversation. And I, and I remember thinking, damn, yeah, it's true. Because, I mean, if we go back to the primordial era, right, primitive right. era, even making the tools, there was we weren't looking to mass produce them and, you know, scale up and this and that. Right. No, we were looking to solve a problem. And yeah. move on to the next problem, right? That's right. And That's yeah, right. the the thing the thing with scaling up is once you scale up high enough, it has to become corporate in order for it to yeah. stabilize, right? right. So yeah. entrepreneurs have to determine at what point they're going to exit and move on to something else, or are they going to become the business owner, which is what you're referring yeah. to? Right, right, for sure. 
Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for sharing, you know, really sharing own the rhythm with the audience. It's, um, you know, we need more of that in the business space because I think people forget that. And that does cause business struggles, which, you know, takes me into the second part of this. And that is, as business owners, we've all taken the arrows in the back. And I think our generation above me did a kind of not the best job, um, unless you were willing to write a check, of course, um, of mentoring our generation. So now I think we have a very unique opportunity to build up this war chest of business struggles based off of all these different um, business owners we talk to on on the war room and help that new one, new business owner coming in into the pipeline. See from episode one to episode, however far we get right. Um, And build this war chest. And those are all things they don't have to go through. So if you were to go back and talk to your younger self, right. uh, A business struggle that you've had and said, you know, knock, knock. Go. You're going to have this struggle. You know, how would have you uh, overcame that? If I were to talk to my younger self prior (laughs) to being self-employed and uh, choosing the wrong business because I chose any business that would have me and uh, move closer to own the rhythm and, and consulting in general, faster, uh, which is where I live. Number one, I'd say, ah, choosing to, I would say this to myself, hey, Phil, one very important point uh, before you go on saying, I want to make a living doing what I love is instead to ask yourself, what would it look like if you made a living doing something you don't mind? And why do I say that? Because making a living doing something you love could easily turn into something you hate because you have to do it to make a living. Whereas when you do work that you don't mind, that is different because now you don't have the loss of your love being pure. And why this is so abstract as opposed to step by step is because it's important to remember that no matter what I say, the person on the other side receiving the message has so many variables in their life that my step-by-step isn't even going to come close to whatever that might end up being their second step after the first and the third. So iterative advice would be more powerful here than step-by-step advice. And yet, whether it comes to personal branding or starting and launching a business or buying a business, everyone wants those step-by-steps, Phil. And the Mm. problem with that is there's no way you can predict Nothing short of being there every step of the way for them. And entrepreneurs don't have that kind of time. If they do, they're definitely not doing the entrepreneur thing right. (laughs) So there's no way I could be there for every step of the way. So it's in these abstract concepts, these higher level concepts. It's in your best interest, Philip, to understand those and comprehend those deeply. Mm. like Like the way you know the earth. So that you really do know who you want to serve because you don't mind serving them. Right. It's the difference between, uh, again, you love doing something like, let's say I loved editing audio because I was making music. 
That is not the same as editing audio that's an hour long about somebody and who might have a business that you have no interest in. Right. But now you have to do the thing you love about a subject you really don't love. Right. Yeah. Whereas opposed to if you don't mind doing the service like editing, regardless of whatever the subject matter is. And we were talking about this earlier with widgets versus Mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts, right? It's true. The, the, Mm -hmm the green stuff, the honeypot is in the nuts and bolts and not the, not the actual widgets. So if you love the mechanics of it, the process as opposed to the destination, you're going to be better off than if you just try to go and find the first thing that pays you. Yes, it's important to make some money and put some money in your pocket, but if you do it right, it'll come. So whatever you do, step into the shoes of someone who's going to learn deeply have an open mind and be ready for iteration as opposed to, okay, let me look up the next step. Mm-hmm. Another way of saying it, simply put, that's the difference between something that's really rehearsed and sounds dry versus something that's in the moment and is evolving with every moment. You know, right. yeah, that's what I would absolutely. say. Yeah. And to caveat that, I don't ever say I love much, right? But what I do say in business is if you take your passion, combine it with a purpose, it will collide, right? And then you will become your most powerful self, right? So, you know. I like that, collide. Has nothing, has nothing to do with love. It's not love. Um, business is, if you wanted to make that comparison, I would say business is a love-hate relationship. <laughs> sometimes you love it and sometimes you want to put a bullet in it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i've been there yes (laughs) put it out the pasture (laughs) i can think of a number of times i'm like i'm never doing this again (laughs) Uh, that's too funny that's too funny yeah man well hey so now i get to flip the tables here a little bit right okay and so Uh, As we talked before the show, you know, you kind of put this bug in my brain about doing this podcast thing. And I don't even think you probably realized it at the time, obviously, but, um, but it got me really motivated to do this. And you asked me a question, and I'm going to ask you that same question. And that is, if you could pick someone that could have been here, dead or alive, mentor, friend, family, whatever it might be, that you could ask that one burning question. Who would have you had here and what question would have you asked? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember saying, so this is what it feels like, huh? Uh, <laughs> and no matter what you prepared before, after everything you talked about, it might be different. Right. Uh, yeah, so right. I know for a fact that what changed the course of my life back when I was 14 uh, dramatically was the fact that uh, I was angry at the world. And it was because, you know, I grew up without parents and there was a lot of struggles. I had a lot of personal issues and and life didn't seem very fair to me when I was coming up. And uh, I was living with one of my uncles, whichever one would have me. That's kind of the circumstances I was in. And uh, one of his kids, my cousins, left uh, some of his books lying around on a table somewhere and they didn't want to play with me. And so I was by myself and I saw the books and on the table were The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale E. Carnegie, 
and Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. And I read them in that order. And by the time I got down to Tony Robbins' Unlimited Power, uh, first of all, the four agreements helped me get rid of my anger because of the simple idea, not the four agreements themselves, but it asked a simple question that really blew my mind when I was 14. And that was, if you're the person, if you're the voice inside your head, then who is the person that's listening? And I sat back and said, whoa, wait a minute, because all I had was angry thoughts. You know, so that was the beginning of pulling on the threads that were going to unlock who I was. Then there was the daily Carnegie talking about how to win friends and influence people and the idea of going out of your way to find the good thing in someone, regardless of what you might believe about them. It's important for you in order to be an influence, to be a positive force in the world, but also to potentially win a friend, to find the good in the person across from you. And it's crazy to me that I was being armed with this at 14. So I understood that. And then I read Unlimited Power and he talks about, you know, neuro-linguistic programming. But more importantly, he talked about state and what that means in the state of mind and being able to go back to a, a time where you were really successful, right? And, and to hold on to that and to put it center stage and really magnify it in order to activate the same response in you because the brain can't really tell if, you're, if you do it enough whether or not it's actually happening because we mm. seem to have that ability. There's lots of science done with athletes that they do that. Sometimes they won't even play the game. They just play it in their mind and there's results from that. So what I would love to do is have the opportunity to talk to Tony Robbins and simply ask him, did he truly anticipate that there would be a 14 year old out there somewhere who would have picked up his information that early on and have his life completely changed given the fact that I had nobody else to really depend on but myself by that time. It was the beginning of me having to be on my own, getting a job, paying rent that early and having to figure it out because even though my uncle took me in, he wasn't anywhere to be found. He was away on business and Mm -hmm. it wasn't the kind of business that could really support me for very long. So I had to get on my feet as soon as possible. So Tony, would you have ever anticipated that you would be impacting someone like that. Because now you tell people with whatever suicidal thoughts they might have, you know, you help people understand money, the game, the game of money and how that involves, but you really impacted one person's life. And, and I don't know what that means to you, but it meant the world to me is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep, man. That's some deep stuff. And it's interesting how, one small thing can influence the entire course of our life, right? And people influence people, right? 100%. We, just, we just hope that most people in, influence people for the good. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the hope. <laughs> there's, there's, there's just as much the other way, I think, sometimes. But, um, but uh, yeah, God, what a, what a great kind of story connected into a, into a, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, You uh, made it through some rough points in your life, clearly. So that's good. It's a good thing. Very grateful to be here, man. And to be able to speak about that, you know, with someone like yourself too, you know, Uh, I remember our conversation and that's why I have so much respect for, for, for entrepreneurs 
because every entrepreneur has sought, sought fit to not let life dictate what terms were going to be the existence. In fact, entrepreneurs said, no, I'll dig into the ground, erect an edifice. I will, I will find the materials necessary to craft the way forward. And that's why I have yeah. so much respect for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Philip, how do, how do people get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of you to work with your genius branding, podcasting, all these different things that you're so deeply embedded in? Man, I'm first of all, I'm an open book. I'm very easy to get a hold of on social media in particular. I'm not shy from it. LinkedIn is a great way, especially if it's a professional situation. If you just want to get to know me and keep track of all my shenanigans, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I do a lot of music stuff there. Sometimes I just post random things. Don't take it personal. I never do anything controversial, but that's also because I'm not looking for controversy. I'm active on Twitter actually as well, uh, but mostly just to see what the hell people are talking about. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, you can also go to philiplanos.com. I'll be honest. I have to go in there and update a lot of the information there, but all the links still are relevant. I've made sure to pay for everything that's connected there. Um, and I also, I have a book on Amazon that sort of tells my story. If you're interested in that, it's an audiobook format or PDF. I think there's a paperback too, but I, I don't know anybody doing that unless you really want to. If there are spelling errors, please let me know. I did do it all myself, <laughs> you know, and I'm more used to working with other people. It's part of a personal branding exercise when I work with people on Own the Rhythm of helping them publish it, but they have editors. Now, I did it all myself because I wanted to see exactly how much work went into it. So it was really an exercise to prove sure. that I understood the book world. But I did write my story there. So if you're interested in more of that, that's there too. It's under pushing past the norm. Now, keep in mind the target audience is kids, like going mm. through that coming of age. Um, but the, the stuff there is good, I promise. Good. Pushing past the norm, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There we go. Philip Lanos, own the rhythm. Go yeah. talk to him. It'll help you out for sure. And again, Philip, thanks for being on the show, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time and I appreciate our relationship. That we've, Absolutely, Jason. We've, we've began to forge. Let's keep that going. Let's do that, man. Seriously. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Cheers. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for tuning into today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. Remember, dream it, believe it. Just go freaking achieve it, baby. All right. My name is Jason Miller. Again, your podcast host, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.